episode 28, Nerdalert. And we're back. I hate you. <laughs> I've been waiting so long to do that. <sighs> Horrible. <laughs> it's so not unoriginal. Horrible. It's not horrible. It's the perfect introduction. I don't think so. I, I think... don't think the listeners think so either. All right, let me do this again then. <clears throat> no, no, I'm doing this again. And we're back. Is it better when I do it in a Scottish accent? No, but you should smell my fingers. All right, all right, I'll do it. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> How was Menar? I didn't go to the Menar. You made your own? I'm making currently my own in the crock pot. Oh, so which one are you doing? The tikka masala? I am. It smells like Menar in your yeah, fingertips. I know. It's always dangerous to sniff a man's fingers, but <laughs> I, I trust him. This podcast is going to a really weird place right off the bat. Yeah, it's going to get weirder because <clears throat> I think we need to talk about something nerdy. We will, but I think first we owe the people of the podcast... At least a quick update on how the diets are going. All right, yeah, we'll give you guys a five, maybe ten minute uh, conversation on the diets. All right, so we started with you last time. Yep, let's start with you this time then. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, so let's just oh, keep Oh, okay, that no, going. that's fine. Let's keep that going then. <laughs> so I am currently still 100% keto. Very nice. Um, it's going well. Um, I'm a little less meat heavy than I originally intended to be, but I still am pretty meat heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, keto's gonna be no matter what. Yes. Um, but I have definitely integrated some other things. Um, the salvation of my life right now is peanut butter. Oh, I remember when you used to eat out of the jar of peanut butter at work. I still do that to this <laughs> day. I have a jar of peanut butter at my work currently. You have zero chill. <clears throat> the um the the peanut butter that I have has four carbs per serving of two tablespoons uh-huh so two tablespoons people a lot of people don't realize is like a pretty reasonable amount of peanut butter it's like almost a golf ball size glob of peanut butter yeah when you eat that straight it's a whole different experience yes versus Which, like well, on bread but that's something. but that's what i do i yeah. literally just grab a golf ball size ball of peanut butter and i just munch that son of a bitch mm. oh i love it so much i can't do that um, I also have been indulging occasionally, like if I have like a, a really bad craving for like something sweet, um, I'll grab a low carb <clears throat> wrap, which I have ones that are four carbs a piece, which is mm-hmm. super reasonable. Um, and I put a, put probably about a half a serving of peanut butter on there and I have sugar free um, jelly okay. that has three carbs per serving and I put about a half a serving of that on as well. So it's like a six carb peanut butter and jelly wrap, and it's like the best thing for someone who has a sweet tooth on keto ever, because mm-hmm. it's like just sweet enough, but it doesn't have all, it has almost a negligible amount of carbs. It is funny because you said you didn't really have a sweet tooth. No, I didn't <laughs> think I did until I think the problem is is that leading up to this, I had been eating such garbage yeah, that my body got used to having candy and like all this stuff because I, from Christmas and everything, everybody gets you like the Reese's this and yeah, the cookies, cookies and yeah. all that. And I feel like I 
almost gave myself a sweet tooth. I also think you kind of, you trick yourself a little bit, because when you're not limited to what you can eat, it doesn't affect you as much. Yeah, like, it, it like you're like, I love eat, yeah, like, I love eating meat all the time, and then, like, all, you know, I don't have a sweet tooth, right. and I, I can live without pasta, but then, like, you're like, well, I'm gonna just not allow myself to have that. And then it, I think it makes it worse, and you realize all of a sudden oh, your mind's I like, I can't have it. Pasta. That's all I want now. Yeah. So I do think that uh, that could be a big part of it. Um, I think <clears throat> you're definitely making the healthy decisions. And like last night, I think we do- both did fairly yeah, well. Yeah, we both did really well. At the end, I did cave and have like a big, big handful of, of Skittles. Skittles. You son of a bitch. Which technically is vegetarian but <coughs> not is. what i'm going for as yeah. we've stressed before um but i think we both did really well we met up for our uh well our D game i would like to say monthly but sometimes it's every other week sometimes it's every week oh, sometimes it's every... it needs to be every other week like yeah as soon as possible okay i hope that we can get the whole group on board to try and do every other week yeah because the i'm enjoying the okay we'll talk about that yeah we'll pump the brakes we'll okay. get there um dieting yeah how are you doing weight wise um me i think since i've started it's fluctuated from between three to six pounds down from the beginning okay and that's from where i was able to actually know i started when i weighed myself so we're now what 12 days in today's the 12th so we're 12 days in you're down about i mean we're, we're estimating eight pounds probably yeah um, and I am from the first to now, <clears throat> I went from, let's see, so to, I'm down 15 pounds. Very nice. So I definitely think mine for the sudden increase in weight loss, I could probably eat a little bit better. I bet um, you if you went and just ate more, more like fresh vegetables and avoided yeah. some of the more processed stuff. Right. I don't even think it's the process stuff. It's mostly like, because um, I generally, if we're going, this is a pretty good segue yeah. into my diet. Um, I typically eat uh, fruit for breakfast. At I'm trying to push it later and later. I'm at about ten o'clock right now on my normal weeks. I can get to before I need to eat, and I typically have a banana and then I have an orange a couple hours later. See that that type of stuff is gonna suck for me because one. I don't like bananas. Mm-hmm. And two, I don't like oranges. I think... So, for me, my go-to <clears throat> is going to be... Uh, I really enjoy, like, a mixture of strawberries and blueberries. That's perfectly with, fine, With, like, too. a little bit of, like, uh, sti- those are arguably, stevia or something yeah, on those it. Are, I don't even think you need... Don't I, put the stevia I like a, like just a little bit. It's don't. not... It's a tiny bit. You're talking, like, a pinch. Bro. So, here's the thing. Um, first stevia off... Stevia is natural as well. Yeah, I know. But first off, if we're talking about... Um, if we're looking at fruits, uh, berries are probably better than oranges and bananas. Actually, I've been, I have, I have a thing of raspberries in my, uh, thing at work. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're probably gonna have to go in the garbage on Monday, but cause I was going to eat them on Friday, but I left because Katrina got in a car accident, as you remember. Um, but, uh, she's fine. Yeah, she's good. Raspberries are, uh, considered keto mm-hmm. um, because they're actually pretty darn low. I w- you'd never guess, but raspberries have only like three carbs per quarter cup. Yeah. 
so they're low carb and they are packed full of ketones, mm-hmm. which are really good to help get you into ketosis. So, so the big thing is that I, I have fruit in the morning, which is something that I had read and I think I talked about in the last episode, but basically the hypothesis or the founding is that fruit is easily digested. So if you're trying to do intermittent fasting, it doesn't have quite the same impact as if you were to eat typical foods. It doesn't break you out of that fast quite the same way. Like in that, that's such a harsh way. Maybe. Yeah, like your body basically <clears throat> you, gets in your stomach and your stomach has to work almost not at all. That's that's one big update from this keto thing is uh-huh. my hunger levels have yep. drastically, drastically dropped. Yeah, that, and that's something I, I've experienced before with all low-carb diets that I've yeah, done. Same. Um, so then what I've been doing, which has kind of been a crutch, is for probably four days, my lunch and dinners have come from the Indian place, the Minar. So I'd get takeout and I'd actually make like meal prep containers out of the to-go things. That might be part of the reason why you're not losing weight as fast, too. I, maybe. Because um, I'm, I'm sure their food is delicious, but I'm sure they also put stuff in there that like if you were making it at home... You'd probably not like they probably put oils and stuff in there. Maybe that are not great for you. Maybe, but taste delicious. <laughs> yeah. So I def I'm definitely thinking that that has a part in why it's not such a drastic weight loss. Um, but also, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, I have not been eating enough of the raw vegetables, and that's what I'm really pushing this week is really upping the vegetables as far as like just raw you know not for nothing like that veggie tray that i bought for last night Mm -hmm. that was only 13 bucks yeah i uh it's pretty cheap vegetables are cheap and that's already cut up ready to go you just buy it throw it in the fridge and eat them but i will say since starting this um i have my hunger has been a lot more manageable too you think so really i know so last time you were saying that your hunger was less manageable well, so the hunger, <clears throat> I think, if that's how it came off, that's not what I meant it to say. The hunger was present, so I was hungry, the but hunger. it wasn't hangry. <laughs> like, I need yeah. to eat something now or I'm going to die. That's the thing with low-carb for me, is like, when I'm not low-carb, <clears throat> my hunger goes from hunger to holy shit, yeah. like, in a very quick order. When I'm on low-carb, like this morning is a great example I, I woke up and I was like, eh, I'm not really that hungry. So I waited. Um, I took Trina to Dunkin'. She got a bagel and um, Grady, we got him a couple of hash browns. He loves those freaking hash browns. Mm-hmm. So um, she ate that and then we got home at like uh, in 1030-ish. And yeah. I was like, okay, you know, maybe I'll make myself like a fra- I I actually bought like chicken like um, in a can mm-hmm. and uh, wing sauce. And I was going to make like buffalo chicken flatbread pizzas. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I was pretty excited about it. And then I got home and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to hold off. So, because I wasn't like super hungry. So I went in, sat in the living room for a while, hung out with Grady. And um, noon rolls around, right? So another hour and a half has gone by. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, I guess I should probably eat something. Like I'm kind of a little hungry. So I went into the went into the kitchen and I made myself three hot dogs in the yep. microwave. Ate them with a little bit of no sugar added ketchup, and uh, there you go. That's been my. It's literally everything I've eaten today. I had two pickles and three hot dogs. So I do think that not to 
not to belittle that um because the thing is that our diets before we started this challenge were horrendous <clears throat> so yeah. having hot dogs in comparison to what we used to eat well i also bad. get all beef hot dogs that's that are... true you get a little bit better quality yeah i'm not getting probably not, probably not the best choice but not as horrible as well, it could be. And again, I'm doing keto, and hot dogs are great for keto because they're high in fat and low in yeah. carbs. Yeah. Well, if you get the right ones. You're not going out and getting, like, the Oscar Mayer. That are full of fillers and yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, I get Hoffman. Yeah. So, which is pretty good stuff. So that's good, man. Um, <clears throat> I did eat two slices of Oscar Mayer bologna, or no, four slices of Oscar Mayer bologna last night when everyone else was picking out on Skittles. Yeah. Yeah, I, um... And Oreos. God, the Oreos. I didn't have any Oreos. I know you didn't, but I, like, I was looking at them salivating. I love Oreos. They're, like, my favorite junk food. Um, but honestly, I didn't have too hard resisting those. Um, I think at the end, I just, like, I can kind of, I kind of convinced myself <clears throat> into having the Skittles. And that, I do... I do regret that, um, um, but I think, I think, if that's the only thing that I really messed up, it's not that big of a deal. No, and I think going forward, I was actually tempted to have one Skittle, just to yeah. like satisfy my thing, and I'm like... But you wouldn't have been satisfied. Well, actually, you would be surprised, dude. So, like, I had, um, I've got a few candy things laying around the house, mm -hmm. and um, what was it? Was it peanut butter M&M's? Yes, it was peanut butter M&M's. I had one. So, something that's really weird, when I lost the weight before, if I smelled something I couldn't have, I could just stop, smell enjoy, it, enjoy and, that, smell. and that satisfied. satisfied the craving for it. Really? I swear to that's God. That's like a superpower. It was weird. Like pizza, <clears throat> I could do that. Um, but I think we're both, we're far from, like, I'm far from the ideal I wanted to be. Yeah. Like, fully home-cooked, and, all veggie And things. I'm far from the ideal of what I was going to be, which was fully meat. But I think putting it on the podcast has made us a lot more accountable. Yeah. Um, I, we've been trying to also keep a nearly daily video journal. Yeah, I don't, I think we're going to nix that right now, officially. Yeah, I think. I think uh, it's just, it's adding another layer where we're both behind it's yeah. just not worth putting the pressure on i think maybe we'll do maybe at the end we'll do like a video thing or something maybe um or maybe for the ne next month we think of something now that we're established or a little bit we have about. we both have videos for our thoughts as we were beginning maybe yeah. we make a couple videos at the end of the month yeah. and check in again and then we compile them or something you'll find out people don't worry we might not do anything we might be lazy sons of bitches but that's okay because the important thing <clears throat> is that we are doing it. Yeah. And that is the big thing. So I uh, I definitely think we're both in a pretty good place. Uh, we both can definitely get better and will continue to get better with the diet. Um, I think for me, if I I have felt better, I, I think I've... I've I definitely do. I mean, I think it could be possibly just because I was really sick beforehand, mm. but I do think I feel a bit better. I feel um, tremendously better. And until today, I haven't had a craving for meat at all. But then when I walked in the grocery store and they had a chicken wing bar oh, yeah, with like four that. different kinds of boneless wings and like six different kinds of traditional wings, that was tough. Yeah. That was That's like me your favorite like, food. Yeah, I'm like... <clears throat> 
if your it weakness. was any other thing, that's, I would have gotten that. That's going to be me, probably, in a few weeks. Yeah, but I also, if we're smart about it, and you're smart about the transition over to it, I think we've both come up with strategies that work really well. Yeah. Um, and I definitely want to keep pushing the vegetarian at-home options, because I know that's going to be something more that you're going to need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it shouldn't be a problem. And if this crock pot vegetarian tiki, tiki masala, masala works out and tastes really good, that was, it was a pretty easy You will recipe. be giving me the recipe yes. for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I think it's going to be good, but I think I'm also picking up some things that I, I think will be easy for us to implement down the road. Like when we get together for D and D, bring a vegetable tray and a fruit tray because every that fruit tray was like gone. Yeah, and the thing too is that instead if, of Doritos, if when we hang out at these <clears throat> things, there's two of us trying to eat better, and that's a Dan, lot easier to do with Dan, our friend uh, Nosferatu D. Yes, um, he joined us for D and D as well, which we'll talk about. Yeah, um, but he is vegetarian slash vegan or whatever as mm-hmm. well. Um, so three of us all eating and choosing better choices, um, yeah. made for everyone at the table being sort of mindful, of mindful it. of it, yeah. <clears throat> which we had some good snacks there. And then, you know, two of the people who are not dieting, which I don't blame them, brought Skittles and Oreos, yes. but, but prepared we were with vegetable trays and fruit tray. And I also had <clears throat> fruits in a bag. Yes. Because... It's it's a little bit easier for me at game night because I'm I think this is the logical transition into things. Right. I think More. that's good for diets. <clears throat> I think we've done nerd alert. We've nerd done alert. Well. Yeah, nerd alert. We've done very well on the diets um, because the typical expected weight loss, like when I talk to my doctor, is he's like, if you lose a pound a week or two pounds a week, it doesn't sound like a lot. But that's a much bigger sign of sustainable weight loss. Two pounds a week, or one pound a week, is a problem, a little bit problematic for me. Because when you think about one pound a week, right? When you have to, when you, in in order to reach your goal weight, you have to lose 150 pounds plus. Mm -hmm. That's three years. Yeah, but here's the thing. After the first year, when you're down almost 50 pounds, you're going to feel infinitely better. Trust me, well, I've been fi- there. At this point, though, 50 pounds for me still leaves me in the incredibly morbidly obese category. Yeah. So I need to lose like 100 pounds before I really start feeling uh, But better. regardless, I think that with the weight loss we've seen now, both of us are good. Especially according to the clinical weight loss things. Yeah, I doctors. mean, I'm down 15 pounds in 11 days. Yeah. But that's to be expected on a low-carb diet because yeah. I lost a lot of that's probably water weight. Yeah. And then, so for me, where it could be anywhere, it fluctuates day to day, but it is trending downwards. It's slower, but it's not the same drastic kind of steps. But yeah. that's that. And as I was saying, now we're getting into the nerd alert stuff. Nerd alert. Um, It's easy for me when we <clears throat> are doing something game night-wise for D&D because I am busy the whole time. Yeah. There's no breaks for me other than when I'm like, all right, we're going to take a break. Right. So that's it's easy because I'm not really thinking much about eating or snacking on something. I'm like, all right, what does this person need? All right, what do you need? And that's it's tough because like time flies for me. 
It does for all of us, I think. Yeah, I mean, we were, I think Dan was surprised in how long we played. <laughs> yeah. Because we started probably like 5.30. Yeah, it was close to 5.30. Um, We didn't take too long, maybe 6. Let's say it, 6. I don't think it was 6. I think it was before okay. 5.30. All right, so we'll say 5.30. And we got done at what, 11 o'clock? Just before, yeah. Yeah, so... Five and a half hours. Yeah, five and a half hours. And that is actually pretty short for D&D. Yeah, I mean, I would not have a problem, to be honest with you, if everyone was down to start a little earlier. If we could have, uh, yeah, you know, somebody watched. Because we dropped Graydon off at noon. Yeah. I definitely would not be opposed to it. Um, Especially if we plan it out right. You know, you get something for lunch. I'd have to figure out something to do with the dog, but... If it's, you know, hey, we're going to start at noon, we're going to play for four or five hours, take like a quick break, I could always run home. And yeah, that's what I, I mean, I think it would be cool because I feel like I never get enough. Well, that's, I mean, um, the first... Call me crazy. I've run a bunch of D&D campaigns in the past. <clears throat> um, I think three or four of them have been somewhat successful and by that, I mean we met more than like two or three times. Um, but, and we're approaching the time frame of my most successful. Uh, maybe it was a little bit longer. Well, the, but the good news is, is with this campaign, yes, we've added people. But yeah. at the end of the day, myself, Trina, and Scott, and you, the core of the group, yes, are not going to stop playing. No. So this group is obviously going to be your most successful because we're not backing out. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, we'll see what you say in another year. Well, but, um, if if it comes down to it, to be honest with you, I mean, we can always start a different campaign if we get bored with this campaign. Yeah. But this campaign so far is not boring. No. Um. So for my, other than this one, the most successful campaign, we met every weekend for, I think, a year and a half to two years, every weekend. And it was just, crazy and it got to be a lot and um it it was great but it also just it has so many challenges when every week you have to come up with something well not just that every week you have to make sure everyone gets there too yeah i mean it wasn't too much of a problem because which was fortunate usually that's typically a problem with groups is just attendance but um the the big thing the difference between that campaign campaign and this one is I ran it as a much more traditional campaign. Yeah. So for people that don't know what much about D and D, um, there's everybody runs it different. The people you play with might be completely different than uh, the person down the road playing, but um, a lot of people run pre-published. Yeah. There's two there's two groups, pre-published adventures, which there's nothing wrong no. with that. And I'm sure they're a lot of fun. They are. So basically the world, all the quests, everything is officially created by Wizards of the Coast. Yes, there are some third-party ones as well that right. are great. So basically, as a DM, you just have to focus more on rules um and then you just kind of follow it. It's like a it's like a template. Yeah. Um, re- it's build your own adventure books, but the people play. So it deals with a lot of stuff for you, and they're great. Um, I think a lot of people give them flack unnecessarily. Now, the other pro- other group is those that do what's called homebrew, 
which is when and it's what I've done exclusively since I started, which is I have a world I want to build and I want to control all the encounters and what happens and what they're working towards and the story. And that's what I've done since I started now. Oh, my God. Um, 12 years ago. That's a long time. Um, you've been playing that almost as long as I've been playing. Wow. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> sad to say. Yeah. So with that, you have to not only come up with the adventure, you have to come up with loot. You have to come up with goals. You have to come up with development because or, or you just don't come up with loot. Well, so here's the or thing. you just don't come up with loot. Yeah. Corey. Hold on. So <laughs> sorry. I just have to bust. As I said, out. how I originally ran the game. I would treat it like I was creating my own published adventure every week. Right. And what's nice about D&D is most of the time you'll prepare a bunch of stuff and think you're going to get through it and you don't get through even half of it. Right. Like even yesterday in the five and a half hours that we played, I had much more that we could possibly have gotten to. So... That is typical, at least for me. Uh, it's rare that people storm through things, even when they storm through. You know, an and to be honest with you, <clears throat> we weren't. We were definitely not storming. No, but we also were not slacking off either. We were moving at a reasonable pace, especially considering we have two fairly new players. Yeah, I think the other thing is too. Contrary to the rest of the game's pacing, I was really pushing you guys with a sense of urgency in this one, more than. This is going to happen, but it's probably a week or months away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now how I run the game makes it much more sustainable and a lot of pressure off my chest where I just come up with the story and how it could possibly go. <clears throat> um, yeah. Basically, uh, I look behind the screen as I come up with this is what's going on in the world right now. And this is where they are go and so then i know well if they go north they're gonna run into these people or if they go south they do this or they're gonna run into this person and that's gonna lead them towards this where they learn about that so i get what's going on and then i have enough knowledge uh, and how i run the game to kind of just go from there and i can kind of tailor things to okay um that last encounter was really easy i'm gonna kick it up a notch or that last encounter was too easy that's why i kept telling people i'm gonna like, kick it I'm up like, more don't tell gory things were easy yeah. don't tell him it was easy because like you said that last the the bbeg yeah he was supposed to be a challenge level of nine yes and we just obliterated him i mean yeah. he did down dan and i both yeah and the other thing is that dan's character the stars aligned for Dan. Yeah, they did. Uh, because Dan's character is specifically designed to destroy things like that. Yeah. So he was already in a good position. And then to he, on the two attacks he gets <laughs> yeah. to make in one turn, <clears throat> critical hit. On which, both. On both. And then roll really well for the damage. It's just, they, that's that's what's amazing about D&D. Yeah. Is sometimes the well, guy you have positioned to be the the biggest enemy there is he went is down a Trump. Like, yeah. Well the the interesting thing too is last night I would say I had the some bigger highs and lows than I have in this campaign so far. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and I, it was, I mean, I did switch up my dice. Yeah. Which is fine with me. I mean, the dice that I had been using were consistently rolling in the teens, mm-hmm. which might mean that they're not weighted properly, but I wasn't rolling a lot of natural 20s mm-hmm. or really any natural ones. It was pretty, you know, milk yeah. toast. Um, but this last night with the die that, I, that you gave to me, um, that die was rolling pretty heavy in either direction yeah so i well i wouldn't say it rolled heavily towards natural ones i think i only got one natural one mm-hmm. and it was when it counted yeah but <clears throat> i um i had i think six natural 20s last night yeah that's insane which has never happened to me yeah um so that's i wanted to push in the last game um for the severe nerds that are listening uh, it's been more of like a kingmaker campaign where it's very political and you're very much role-playing your character who, let's be honest, you're not typically fighting every minute of every day. Right. You know, you watch The Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. There's a lot more of the behind-the-scenes things than there is epic fights at Helm's Deep. Right. Um. However, I wanted to, one, get back into combat so we were all fresh and understood where it is. Um, And that's the challenge of this campaign is figuring out how to incorporate combat a little bit more organically than being like, oh, you guys are in the city. Okay, you get mugged. Yeah. Um, So it and there's I think we're going to have those sessions where there's just not going to be that much combat. Right. And that that's always a little bit more of a level and game. You know what though? At the end of the day, if we get sick of not having combat for a while in this campaign, mm-hmm. that doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. If it happens, then we can compensate pretty easily by just saying, All right, no big deal, we'll take a week off of this campaign yeah. and let's do a one shot dungeon crawl and just beat the shit out of stuff. Yeah, and that's completely fine. And the thing is too, that and it could even be in the world. It yeah. could be just a different, you know, section. The other thing is that currently in the world, a war is literally about to break out. Yeah, so combat's going to be a thing. So combat on a whole nother level, I think, could be really cool. Um, and we'll see where it takes it. I personally enjoy the world building just as much or more than the combat. Yeah, I'm having fun with that as well. Um, it's just finding the balance, and the truth is that not all <clears throat> sessions will be made equal. And that's why, that's okay. again, we're talking nerdy stuff here, but that's fine. Um, that's why I built the class the way that I built my class, is because I, I knew going into it that we were going to be probably 50-50 between RP and um, yeah. combat, mm-hmm. um, just based on the conversations that you and I had had. Um, so I wanted a class that would be proficient outside of combat as well as inside so i mean i made a few sacrifices i think in combat because my character lacks in a few places Mm -hmm. um but outside of combat like there's certain things that just are just amazing like whenever you say the words roll for perception yeah i just giggle (laughs) because the lowest i can roll that's assuming i don't roll a natural one the lowest i can roll is a 10 yeah and um the thing that's, I think, really cool uh, that a lot of people miss out on. Um, so Dan is brand new. Yeah. And sparkly fresh. Yeah. And so is Brittany. And she wanted to do magic. And I said, all right, I'm never going to tell a new player they can't do anything. Right. 
and she seemed excited. But magic is tough. There's a lot of complicated rules. There's a lot to learn. And now that we have even honest, if I'm being honest, and this isn't meant to reflect on the game at all, uh, my preferred number of players is three to four. Uh, five to six is doable, but I'll never run a game for more than six people other than like a one shot ever again. It just gets to to be too much. I think last night went really well. It did with five people. Um, and I'm not again. I'm not saying that and I didn't feel like there was too much time in between like my turns and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't mean to say that. Oh, I don't like running for five to six people. That is my max because again, it just adds other challenges and things to the game. Yeah. Um, because you always want to make sure that everybody feels like they're getting so, something out of it. From a player's perspective, at least from my perspective, I like, I do like the smaller games. Like it was fun when it was just me and Scott and Trina, but I feel like having a couple more people to bounce off of and interact with makes my experience more enjoyable. And that's true too, because that's again, something that you don't get at all D and D games is, a uh, dm that's gonna push you to do that and teach you how to do that yeah because a lot of dms they just focus especially if they do homebrew they get so focused on everything else that they're like just just do it just figure it out and when we started playing i would basically like these are some ideas you can do yeah and i coached you and i coached dan last night and i've talked to Brittany about it and it's like i don't mean to sit here and try and tell you what to do no, but sometimes um, you have ideas but, that I don't have. Yeah. And it's and, like, oh, that's a great idea. Thank you for pointing that yes. out to me. I didn't see that. Yeah. And the uh, <clears throat> it's not to give a thing behind the curtain, but it's more we're here to build a story together. And for me, that matters more than anything. Yeah. So that's like, you know, having uh, Katrina name the some NPCs. Um, when we go somewhere, we together think of the name of the city some people say, well, you're just lazy and you don't want it to, you don't want to come up with it. And it's like, I could do that. And it's not that hard, but it adds more investment by you guys. If you actually have to help create the world. Yeah. You know, you guys are part of the world. You're not just stuck roaming around in it. And I, I did appreciate that last night. I, I heard you to say to Dan, like, uh, you know, as we were just meeting him, you know, yeah. and he was playing his character, which is, yeah. I would, I, he did a great job of that, yes. of, um, of taking, okay, I'm this, I'm, you know, a loner, I'm a hermit, whatever, I do things by myself, and he was playing his character, but you kind of had to give him just a little nudge, like, <clears throat> like, because I was trying to, like, yeah, warm up the group, like, trying to figure out that moment where he joins the party you know and you were kind of like you just gave him just a gentle nudge like we kind of have to figure out how to make this all come together (laughs) yeah so that's the thing is it's very tough because everybody it's a very visceral game and people don't expect that that you have to ham fist together yeah and but and people don't expect the emotion and like everything that's involved with D when you play how we play because a lot of people like if you go to a game store um typically they run a pre-done adventure and it's very mechanics heavy yeah like they don't give a crap what your character is it can be any race out of the book it can be any class out of the book um 
all they care about is what is that spell? What do I have to roll against? What damage do you do? Right. It's very mechanical. Um, and that's okay. There's people that love it. Yeah, there definitely um, is. That's not why I play D&D. Um, I'm not 100% perfect on the rules, and that's fine because it doesn't matter. We've messed up several times last night even. Yeah. Remember I was like, oh, uh, I know that it's within a certain amount of range that I can use sneak attack. And yeah. you're like, eh, just do it. And yeah. then we looked it up after that encounter, and I went, oh, man, I'm sorry. It's five feet. And you're like, ah, whatever. It's yeah. Fine. So, um... When new players come in, they have preconceived notions of what RP is, role-playing. And, you know, some people really embrace it. Some people are nervous that they're going to come off weird. It's just, it's, there's so many emotions tied to it. Yeah, because it is a little bit like public speaking. Yeah. In a way. And so it's very hard. So you'll find, and again, if Dan listens to this podcast... He did it very well. He did a great job. And I was really impressed. He for I, his first game so, ever. Yeah. So to give him you an idea, basically, um, actually, I could probably just read the message I sent to him because right. this is I told him that I was making a fighter and that he didn't have to worry too much about anything. Is the summary? But this is literally well, fighters are still enjoyable. Yeah, so when we'll get into that, simple, I, that's usually fun. what I play. So, and I'll both characters that I've rolled why. in the two campaigns I've played with you have been some form of fighter. Yeah. So this is what I sent Dan. <clears throat> I said, "Hey man, so a bit to think about for tonight. Look online and find some ideas, uh, some ideas on how you want your character look to describe him. So basically, I don't want to say what he looks like. Yeah, to let you guys let him think of it. And he went with a pretty <clears throat> cool look and simple. But that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And then, so the next thing I go... Sometimes people get a little too into what their character looks yeah. like. It's like, all right, calm down with the purple eyes and the bullshit. Yeah. You don't ha- <laughs> you don't have to be the most specialist person alive. So then, basically, I made the call to just say, I'm uh, your character is just going to be a killer of monsters. You use a silvered sword. Um, you've heard of corruption in the forest a few days north of the city. So you went into the forest... Um, so this is the key part. Your motivations for doing what you are doing is up to you. It's not a hundred percent necessary that you even know what your motivations are. I just want to give you some things to think about. That's literally all I sent him. So he came up with that whole, so he came up with the backstory of being married to an elf. I hadn't told him anything about the world. So I had to take what he said and part of the stories he added and kind of curve it. So it fit the world. <clears throat> but it made it like you you're all like yeah and then what? i i tried to take that and then play off of it yeah. <clears throat> because when we first started this campaign the idea was that there is no other race except for human mm-hmm. right and so when he said that i went my god i thought they had all been killed off hundreds of years ago yeah right so trying to build the world like in a sort of fluid way organic way but then he added like just this crazy backstory and i don't know if he thought about it all day or was kind of i was so proud yeah i I looked at him tell me you didn't have the same feeling you look at me like i raised that boy yeah i raised that boy (laughs) but no it's it kind of took me back i'm like wow he's really committed and what was the other thing that he said um that uh 
he just told you something and it was totally off the cuff and you're like, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. What was, I forgot um, what it was. Oh, that, his whip, his sword. Yeah. He, he decided that, and I was like, dude, that's great. I love yeah. it. So he decided that he wanted a breakaway sword that like was like a whip. And yeah. I forget what game it's from. It's like Castlevania, yeah. Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, the woman uses it. And that's the thing. It's like, you want a sword that turns into a whip? Fine. Okay, let's do it. Because especially cool considering we have Scott, <clears throat> whose character could make that, anything. Yeah. You know? And that's what I told him. It's like, I'll give you one really cool thing, plus whatever you want that you would just obviously have. Yeah. But the sky's the limit. You just have to pursue it. So what's really cool is that proceeds to him and Scott having like a 10, 15 minute conversation on the stuff that he could make for him. Yeah. And that's what's really cool. And some people would say, oh, that's metagaming and stuff like that. Like the idea where if it's in character. Yeah. Like Scott. So Dan's character reveals that he has silver coating on his sword because it does more damage to these enemies. So Scott was going to load his gun with <laughs> yes. silver coins. Yeah, Scott was pretty disappointed because yeah. I slayed this thing. Which, let's be honest, it was pretty spectacular how it happened. I mean, yeah. I flew across however far it was. It was like 60 feet or whatever. Yeah. And I flew through with my wings, which are sick anyway. Fly through, and I stabbed this thing in the heart with a dagger that's imbued with heavenly power. Yeah. And it just obliterated it yeah and scott was like no and i'm like what what's the matter he was like dude he was like i had a coin purse full of silver ready to load into my blunderbuss well that might still come to be something that i'm gonna give him all the 94 silver that i have too he can have all that silver but um so i had dan um, I created a fighter for him, and as a, this is something I do for every new player, I go, listen, I'm going to make your character for you. You tell me what you want. So, Brittany... Hey, you didn't do that for me. I did the first time. Nuh-uh. The, well, I the made first, Ricky first Dan a fighter. Uh, okay, maybe. Um, you were a okay. little bit I'm different. A re- I'm a special Yeah, case. because you looked into it. Most people... I, was, nine, I would say I 99%. Was new, but I had read, like... The whole fighter thing. Yeah. So you, so a lot of them, so 99%, what I do is I go, what do you want to play? And then I make a character. So somebody goes, I want to play a wizard. So Brittany wanted to play a wizard. So what I did is I made the character. I picked the stats. I did all the yeah. stuff that matters. Because that is complicated. I picked diverse spells because <laughs> you find that a lot of people, they'll focus on, okay, this does the most damage. I want mm-hmm. that spell. And they don't pick the utility spells. And people are like, that spell is useless. And I'm like, you're playing D&D like a video game. Stop. Right. Smack. But Get out of there. There's people that want to play like that, and that's fine. And yeah, some people are min-maxers. And yeah. I'm guilty of that a little bit. I'm not going to lie. But yeah. I, I, it's a little different when the there's a class balance. I'm playing. There's too. a balance. So with... Um, what I do is I give all new players the option that after a few levels or sessions, they can change their character as much as they want. So Dan has come up with this backstory. Uh, I'm wondering if he maybe needs to take a couple levels in Paladin. Who knows? He, it's up to him. I I agree. I'm just trying to think of like, with the way that he, he told this backstory, how cool would it be if he was like a monster hunter that was like 
you know, had the power of the light with a silver sword. Well, that's not really what had, it's leaning. If anything, it's I'd fine. lead more towards Druid it's or Ranger. Fine. That's all cool, Because too. he's got the natural thing. And but that's the cool thing about yeah. this game is it can go any direction you want. And I leave it up to them to say, okay, I want to, you know, the spell I took, it doesn't do what I want. I like to change it. And... <clears throat> It doesn't affect anything. Or if you want to change your backstory around, okay, this is how it is from now on. And well, to a point, because at a certain point, like my backstory cannot. Well, be yeah, you're now point. yours is now established, but your backstory wasn't who super super important and super super fleshed out until later on, and that's something like well, it was in a way, which was great because we play off each other in these ways. Yeah. So like, I wrote a pretty pretty detailed backstory. backstory. That was like, what, eight pages? Yeah. And I sent it to you. You read through it. Yeah. You liked it, whatever. You're like, cool, this is a this is a nice backstory. And then you took it, and then you've expanded upon it yes. significantly. Yes, and that's how it can <clears throat> So work. now we'd have to rewrite it, and it'd be like 16 pages. Yeah, and then now, if you look at, you know, Katrina's was kind of very much different, where hers was very simple. It was very vague, yeah. And then now hers Which is... nothing is, wrong with that, either. Yeah, hers has become huge, and then you have players like Scott, who have a very, like... His character just wants to be the best inventor he can be. But also, he see has the a cool backstory, too. Yeah, but it's very subtle, the coolness of it, his backstory. Yeah. So I like to build upon and people grow into their characters. See, I think a lot of people... Instead of shoehorning <clears throat> A lot of people have a tendency, too, to, like, make their character... Like, I, I tried very hard to avoid doing this with this character, mm. where I, like, wanted to make him super special. Like, yeah. he's, like, the savior of the world type character. And a lot of people fall into that trap, I think, with D&D, &D, mm -hmm. where when they make their character... It's got to be like this super awesome badass character. This god reached out and touched me specifically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it's it sucks because you leave nothing for the game to surprise all, you. All my character started out as was a kid who joined a thieves guild and then basically got scared off and ran away from the thieves guild. Yeah, and the coolest thing that I've been able to do in this game that I've never been able to do before is reveal things to you and Katrina about, about your characters, characters <laughs> yeah. that like when you figured that out you're like oh wow That's like it awesome. was and that so now your character you're far more attached to it because it feels real he, he it's, has it's history. more visceral yeah like he's like his whole life he's been looking for his dad and like, now he's got to be I've like I've already decided that I like this character enough that if it should die, because that is a real possibility in this game. Yes. If he should die, I'm going to make a shadow box for him. <laughs> I'm going to put his mini in there, because <clears throat> we all have custom minis for all these characters now. Yep. Thanks to me and Corey specifically for painting them, which, by the way, did an awesome job. Thank you. Um, So he will have his own frame, probably right there. Yeah. And it'll have his character sheet. And his mini, and probably whatever die I rolled that killed him. Yeah, so <laughs> I want to stress that to a lot of people that might sound strange, but in D&D, &D, player character death should be a thing. Yeah, it absolutely um, should be. It's part of it. It's what yeah. makes it visceral, too. Yeah, so I can say with confidence that I've never 
technically killed a player character. It's just never worked out that way. So one thing did happen to my last character that we've never we never finished that campaign or never continued. I forgot it. where that. The happened. last meeting of the campaign of my last character, uh-huh. um, he turned evil. Yes, <laughs> that was cool. Um, but uh, I played in one, and this was kind of the downfall of the first group was that there were certain players that didn't that just straight up said if my character dies i'm done and that's the wrong way of looking at it because for me when i get the privilege to play which is rare i i would if that's something where um it makes sense i would want that because i would want my character to feel real and have real risk yeah absolutely and that's uh, why last night i kept emphasizing death is a real possibility here and uh you should obviously obviously it sucks if it happens but i want to also stress that i'm not actively trying to you're not like, out- do it to be a jerk but well, you're not out to kill the players you're out to challenge the players yeah and that's the thing is so for instance if we delve a little bit into the game last night i knew that it was going to be an increasing hell of difficulty is what i wanted it to be and i wanted you guys to have to make the choice at the end do we abandon this and try and run that's literally what i said i was like i had ah, maybe we should turn around but i mean i try and come up with things that are challenging because in the end you have to play these monsters like they want to win because then if not what's the point right and i mean at the end of the day it is not it's not it's it's just it's a fine line that has to be walked between dm versus the players yeah and dm running a world that's versus the players yeah so it's tough because like in combat and this is the problem with a lot of people that play video games it's Okay, the warrior runs in, and then, all right, um, so you're casting spells in the back? Yeah, all right, these archers are going to aim at you and shoot at you. But the, the warrior's up front. I'm like, he's not bothering them. They're going to pick off the squishy ones. That's what they would do. So that, it's tough. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go tank. That's the worst thing video games ever did for D&D. Yeah. Because that's not how it works. Although there are abilities that would allow you yes. to, like taunt something to come and attack you versus your which is fine or you shield other players which is fine but if like for instance two giant ogres appeared after you had basically just finished a fight which i didn't play that just how i wanted but it ended up working out but they showed up and we're going to show up two turns after you guys started the combat so you just managed to finish it and then uh i think it was katrina had blinked up into a tree for a vantage point and she shot a fireball that almost took well it did take more than half the health of these things in one shot right so obviously those things are going to see her as a threat duh (laughs) so they went right for her and they ignored the other puny people that hadn't done anything on the ground now some people might say that's unfair but that's just the nature of the beast Mm mm-hmm um they would go for whatever's gonna do the most damage and what seems the most threatening so that's how that played out um but all in all i think it went very well um i think the new players are doing good 
Uh, combat was my main concern, so I wanted to run a game that was still lore-heavy as far as the world, but much more micro and specific. And for the record, <clears throat> I think we need to talk about the ultimatum that you gave me. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, <clears throat> we had been level 6 for the last <laughs> 4 sessions? Yeah. Or maybe more. It's probably more than that. We've been level 6 for a long time. Nah, not that long. Um, well, we've been playing for eight months, and we weren't level four for very long, because you bumped us up a couple levels at a time, because you were trying to advance things a little bit faster. Plus, we were going through a lot of things that were RP rather than combat, and Mm -hmm. I think you were kind of trying, I appreciate this, trying to consider RP into the leveling experience as well as monster combat, because we weren't doing a lot of that. Um, but, so, as, as we were level six, Scott and I were both, like, we want some more abilities, but like, when are we gonna get some more things here? And you, Corey, thought about it for eh, probably not very long, I don't think. And and responds to me in saying, um, "All right, here's the deal: you can level as soon as the new players know their characters." Yep. And I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> so I proceeded to go, "How can I make this happen?" <laughs> so I purchased a whole bunch of stuff to make it happen. So I got spell cards, which are great things. So anybody who might be listening who plays D&D and doesn't have spell cards and plays a caster, or really anything that yeah. uses any type of ability, I don't have to worry about it so much as a rogue. Um, but uh, unless I was swashbuckler, or uh, uh, what do you call him? Uh, Arcane Warrior. Uh, no, it's, the uh, Trickster. Arcane Trickster. Oh, that's right. Arcane Trickster. But either way, they have uh, decks of cards that have all the spells in them for pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I combined that with a uh, Wizards of the Coast official folio, which has spots for your character sheets and whatever else, mm-hmm. as well as card slots for those cards. <clears throat> and that made an enormous world yeah. of difference for the two casters who were begin. I mean, Trina, she's been playing for longer than Brittany, but she's still, she didn't, she doesn't have the mindset like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, I still consider her to be somewhat of a beginner, even though it's been like a year Well, and with half the combat, especially. Yeah, she hasn't um, done a ton of combat. But here's the thing. So before people think that we're, I was picking on them specifically. Yeah, I wasn't. It, yeah, not it's griping. not meant to be like a passive aggressive <clears throat> pass. No, yeah. It was something that I was meaning to bring up. And it's it's something where there's trying to find the balance because learning the character is not something with a caster you can really do during the game. Yeah, you have to kind of take time to do so it. So what's tough for me is to, when we're doing a lot more role-playing that's not combat and skill-based, as far as like using skills your character has, it's tough to then have you level up and have them get more spells, yeah. more abilities no, that I they don't know how to use. I 100% understand your logic, yeah, and that's why I was like, let's make this happen. Yeah, so I, I think <clears throat> everybody understood that completely. Like, yeah. it's just a game. I'm not going to get all upset and hurt about it, because outside of the game, there's life. So if it's something where... There is? No. Yeah, and that, you know... <laughs> Um, I think if everybody takes the time to learn how things work, and we can ease into it, um, we're going to have to add stuff for Brittany with the wizard the next game, but that's fine. We can work on that stuff. Yeah, and, and I think doing what we did this weekend of having anyone who needs to learn new things or yeah. do stuff show up 
a half hour, hour early yeah. before we're actually meant to start the game. And I'm sure you don't mind coming over a little yeah. earlier to help. Um, and I don't mind helping. The only issue that I have is I don't have a hard copy of the player's handbook. Yeah. So it's a little harder for me to help people get spells and stuff yeah. like that. For characters like mine with Rogue, I can easily just go online, type in 5e Rogue, and yeah. the whole thing is there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... But at the end of the day, the big thing, especially with casters, or even with you with your like abilities, it's important that the player knows the class, because I can't know everything. Obviously, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe I can remember it, and I remember a lot of things. You probably and know I my know class what to inside and out now, because I've yeah. pretty much gone through every ability I can do. Yeah, and I know what to ask for. Like, is you know, okay, it's a ranged spell attack, got it, or okay, what's the DC? So I get that, and but it's like, I don't know how many dice it is for this attack. Yeah. It's like... how. You, how, I mean, I, I guess ha- at some I point have you to, would know, but... Yeah, like me, I have to run sometimes one, sometimes up to a dozen monsters. Yeah. So I can't do it. And again, I'm not complaining, but I want to make sure that everybody knows what's going on so we can keep things going. I think um, switching over to uh, dry erase format for the girls helped a shit ton. Well, I was going to... That's what I wanted to segue into is to see... Um, I'm a big big uh supporter of doing pencil and paper for D. so writing down your spells writing down your character sheet having it all filled in having the physical papers in front of you and when you started i think you did it a little bit in the last campaign but this campaign you started out with that app fully electronic fully electronic everything electronic which i do like yeah i do but and here's the thing so if if I had a setup like Scott's, where mm-hmm. he actually can write on the screen, yeah, I feel like I would like it more. The setup that I was using was all typed, yeah, and it was a little cumbersome. Like if I got treasure or whatever, I had to type it all in. If yeah. I had to write a note, I Multiple had to type it on pages, my cell phone. Yeah, it was yeah, it's five pages that you swipe through that have different things. So if we were doing RP, I would sit on my profi- you know, like on my proficiencies and everything. Yeah. And um, so I made the decision last time <clears throat> or this round to convert my electronic stuff over to paper. Yeah. Um, which I found a great app for my app. Yeah. You know, which is pretty awesome. And Katrina did the same thing because she was also electronic from day one with this yeah. character. Um, and we used the same app. So I, I used the same app to print print out official character sheets and it had all of our information already on it. So we didn't have to screw around. Um but I left the parts blank that I wanted blank so that we could use dry erase to, you know, uh, so we slid the character sheets into sheet protectors and we were using dry erase. And Trina said that she liked it way more. Yeah. For me, and again, I it is partially, partially personal preference, but for me, having that tactile sheet and all the, like the cards, it just, it triggers something in your brain that i don't think anything on a computer or phone can do and i i was looking through the comments on dan's uh post from last night and i saw the guy hey man you got to get the app and i'm like i don't i just don't know yeah it's 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 not for the the record to say the app is like yeah the biggest fallacy ever yeah so the thing is it's like physically crossing out and um like i I like 
the dry erase is good. I use it, but there's also just another level to writing and erasing on your sheet because it gives it that charm. Like it gets worn a little bit. Yeah, I mean, teach their own. That's yeah, not that, really that's my, that's my a whole other level. But like when you have your sheet and you're physically changing the health or looking at things. Yeah, because in I the think app, adds so in the much app, I didn't even have to do any math. You yeah. would say twelve damage. I hit the button for health and t- type twelve. You know, push the plus sign until it says twelve and hit damage. Yeah, and it would automatically deduct and everything. Right? And I just, I just think there's so much to be gained. Like I actually have joined. Um, an online D&D game, uh, a podcast I listen to called The Titans of Altera. They have a Patreon support level where you can get in to a game once a month. And I was all for it because if I only have to pay a couple bucks to be able to play D&D by somebody that I like how he runs a game and it's going to be professional, sign me up. So I've been doing that, but even though it's over Discord, I still have all the physical stuff. I roll physical dice. I I'm surprised write... by that. I'm surprised it's not on like uh, whatever uh, Rule Twenty or something. Rule Twenty is complicated. There's the learning curve to learning how to use it. I agree. I'm just um, saying I'm surprised that they're running an online game. He so he's professional as that he runs a game that's uh, they release episodes of. Um, he doesn't do like the professional maps and all that stuff um so i just it he's pretty much just a normal guy that decided to record his games and he does it very well and he they're edited i'm not gonna lie i had thought about just throwing this mic in the room it would never work um so when you <laughs> try to record D for the purposes of then distributing it becomes very much more a show than it does a game. Yeah. Um, like a even, live performance. So the epitome or epitome of perfection of D&D being streamed is Critical Role. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you've got voice actors playing characters yes. with one of the most accomplished voice actors being the DM that can do hundreds if not thousands of voices. Yeah. Um, and I think critical and who role, also is extremely creative and comes yes. up with fantastic oh, campaigns. Yeah. He is just by far he's one of the star. best. Ever. Yeah. Um. So I think <clears throat> critical role is both the best and the worst thing to ever happen. <laughs> I to knew D&D. you were going to say that. Um. So people, it raises people's expectations to an unfair yes. level. Yes. So it's amazing because. So many more people are playing D and D now. Yeah, it's such a and I mainstream you thing that that is a huge part of it. Um, with the millions of millions yeah. of views. That well, have. there's a meme now that somebody goes, "Hey, you guys playing Fortnite?" And like they're sub or something, and they go, "Fortnite's dead." And he, they're like, "Me feeling old? Oh, that's cool then. Have you heard this thing called D and D?" And I mean, that's the thing is, it's getting bigger and bigger. Speaking of, I went and met. Uh, my friend's new girlfriend, right? Uh-huh. Um, and uh, we mentioned, oh, we well, we can't stay too long because we have to go home and get ready because we have D and D at four. Uh huh. And she goes, oh my god, I love D and D. And I'm like, 
oh really you play and she's like well i've never played and i'm like yeah i'm like uh so you've watched critical she Role. basically well she said her she has some friends that play too and yeah. she's like i've always wanted to play yeah but i haven't had the opportunity and i was like okay i'll give you a pass yeah but so to, to, for, to me for somebody to be like i love D D. it's like oh shoot you play that's cool no i don't I've never play yeah so i think it's great um there is the argument for quality over quantity but i think there's always been people that play D D for the wrong reasons anyway so well, I think yeah. that's a moot point. But there's but people the that the coolest thing about the game is that everybody can get what they want out of it. I mean, yeah. if you want to be the kind of person who's just a hack and slash dungeon crawling adventurer, you can do that. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so something that I've learned over twelve years of running games. Good God, going twelve years. Yeah, is that if you want to run a game as a DM that you want to run, you propose it and go listen. To the people you want to play in the game. This is what the game's going to be. And. You give them the option. Of hey this sounds like something I want to do. This looks. This sounds fun. And that's great. Or they go. Ah, I don't know if this is for me. And then you're like that's fine. Catch you on the next one. There's no obligation. To play. In any game. Right. So I've learned that if somebody doesn't fit the game that I'm trying to run, that's okay. So if you are thinking about playing and you might, maybe you get involved and you're not really enjoying it, that's okay. It just might not be the group for you. Right. And that's what's weird is it's not something like a typical video game where I've played a couple hours of this video game. I don't like it. Well, then you probably don't like that game. Right. This, there's, there's you probably don't like that specific group right. or how that person DMs. That doesn't make them a bad DM or it doesn't make the players bad players. It's just that's how it is. So as I said, at game stores, they do something that's called Adventurers League, which their mm-hmm. adventures tailored more about combat and stuff. There's not too much role playing. Some people love that because some people just like rolling dice I can and doing see the damage. appeal of it. I think it's fun. I think combat's great. Yeah. But I also like RP. But I could see if, like I said before, if this game became super RP heavy, which there is a t- there is the possibility that it could happen. Yeah. Then maybe we get like five or six sessions of RP, and I'm like, man, it'd be cool to do some combat. Are you guys down to just do like a one off dungeon crawl? Yeah. Which those sometimes those are fun. It's not a game I want to run every week because I've done that where it's like 90% combat. I've done those and it's it's not for me. It's a lot of work for the DM. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is when it gets to the end of the session or the end of the day, I'm pretty beat. (laughs) I'm pretty like, okay, I'm going to go to bed now. (laughs) Um, But my brain is running a million miles per hour as well. So like I'm both exhausted but also like pleased yeah that and just running like with ideas and thoughts and all that stuff so then if we're looking at critical role um i'm just gonna drop i don't think anyone on here might listen but there's two podcasts that i like a lot and it's one is volume one of sneak attack is what i used to suggest to new players to listen to to get an idea of what i'm looking for 
Um, and then the Titans of Altera is also really good. It's a lot more custom. They do they actually pilot like golems, stone golems. So there's like a different aspect that you don't get in most D and D games. Um, but regardless, I think that people think that D and D is like everybody's dressing up in character and talking in voices. Or that a DM. I mean, I'm not a run a game. No, I'm not either. <laughs> but like, if you want to come in a full suit of chainmail and talk like your character, yeah, be my guest. But the thing is, like, especially DMs, they all feel like, oh, I've got to be Matt Mercer. I've got to have a million different accents, and no. But you, I mean, there's also no reason not to. Like, you have occasionally, like, when you when you're playing a character, sometimes you'll throw in a little uh, a little voice for pepper yeah but just a little bit yeah but it's not like last night you met like a woman that's like the watcher of the woods and i didn't do a voice i didn't go oh welcome to the because that's just that's almost more insulting well i mean maybe but it could also be fun yeah so sometimes... i feel like i feel like you should maybe challenge yourself to try something new too i might um it's tough but also there's the fact that you guys are assholes what do you mean? So I'm not very good, and admittedly so, at accents. So when I break the accent, <clears throat> you're the first to chuckle but and point it out. We're not, okay. First off, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, you are yes, an asshole. Go I on. am. But uh, moving forward from that fact, um, I think it'd be great. I'll do it with you. My name is... Enzo. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to be like, well, I mean, we're all Italian, right? So, like, it's a me, Enzo. <laughs> no. If you did that, your character would be killed off instantly, and you'd have to play a mute. Um, but yeah, I think that's a lot of D&D, though, pal. Okay, well, then we'll just stop this episode, and we'll do the next episode as all D&D from the start. Maybe we will. But, yeah, so if anyone out there is thinking about getting into D&D, it is worth it. Um, don't be discouraged if you maybe can't find somebody right away, or if the well, group you do find it isn't great. For the record, I was doing some, some reading, and the... Um, the new uh, starter edition mm -hmm. is able to be played with only two people. Yeah. So you can play with just a DM and a player, and they've set it up so that you can add companions to the party that are very easy to run. Yeah. It's um, with so that the barrier it's to tough. entry, but the barrier to entry is no. lower than it's probably ever been. Is yeah. what I'm trying to say. And the big thing too is that if you try something and you don't like it, don't just give up on it after one thing. Like, if I had done that, so when I started, I played something that was called Pathfinder, and I knew no one else was going to do it, so I had to run it. So I bought the starter box, and then from there I went, and I was in uh, school, and I took it to the library, I took it before class, and uh, another kid in college, we sat down, and I broke it out, laid out the map and everything. He died before he could even get in the dungeon, because I didn't understand the difficulty level. And wizards, especially in Pathfinder, they only have a couple spells they can use and then they're done. So then right. they have to use a crossbow. They didn't have cantrips. Ah. So, um, yeah. So if I had just taken my first opinion of it, which, wow, this is really hard and really sucks, I wouldn't be here today. 
Well, that's good then. Yeah, You're so, here today. So you nerd survived. stuff. All right, the nerd alert's over, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe next episode's going to be more nerd stuff. You might, actually, we might even take it to a whole nother level of nerd next episode. Maybe. We're, we're going to come in here to the studio. We're going to be dressed in full body paint. And um, you're going to hear us walk up to the microphone. Clang, clang. So we're going to be in full plate armor. You may take our lads, but you'll never <laughs> take our freedom. Later. See ya. This is what you gotta do. Oh, you gotta touch. Yeah, you gotta have the touch. <clears throat> I'm gonna do it. That. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna go for it hardcore with the touch. Do it. Do it. <clears throat> oh, that's not <laughs> <laughs> Your face was like all into it, and then you're like, nah, nah. <laughs>
because <clears throat> I want to get a DOS. Uh, yeah, I guess we just need to, we do need to pony up to the mic, to pony up to the bar. We basically be bellied up to this thing. Alright, yeah, let's get our, uh, let's get our silencio in, and we'll, uh, we'll rock and roll. Silencio!